0: You're listening to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer and on today's episode, Matt, Emma and I interview Lexi Presta. If you're at all familiar with the outpouring that took place on Asbury College's campus in February of 2023, then you might be familiar with Lexi's name. She was the executive editor of the Asbury Collegian, the school paper there on campus and she covered the outpouring from its beginning to its end. So if you followed that story at all, you may very well have read things that she wrote about it. Today, we get to talk to her about her experience observing the phenomena, experiencing it for herself, and the fruit that it's born in her life and the lives of her peers. It's a great conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and we're on Zoom today, so we're going to have some Zoom introductions. I'll I'll go to my left first, Emma Winchester.
1: And I'm Matt Reynolds, and uh, we have a special guest with us today, Lexi Presta, from uh, who's currently a student at Asbury Seminary and uh, just recently a graduate of Asbury University. And thanks for being with us, Lexi.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you guys.
1: <laughs> we are excited to talk to you. Um, I, our paths just recently crossed at the New Room Conference through kind of a mutual friend. And um, I was just, yeah, I was fascinated. I got to hear you share a little bit in one of the breakout sessions. And the just and then I went back and read some of your work. And uh, you were kind of right there in the middle of the Asbury outpouring. And I think most of our listeners are are familiar with just this, this beautiful thing that God did earlier this year at Asbury University at the end of what was, a, you know, started just as a normal chapel service and um, then really caught the whole world's attention. And um, it, so you got to experience that personally and also then really became, um, with a lot of folks, kind of the voice of that as um, a writer for your school newspaper started to kind of paint picture with words of what was happening and kind of letting people know so so we wanted to get a chance to just to hear kind of your point of that and what that experience was like and so um, so let's just start there Lexi what tell us just about your own experience let's let's start there before we get to the writing piece like what was your experience like personally and how did you end up you know, were you in chapel that day or how did you end up getting involved with the outpouring?
2: Yeah, I uh, the best word that I can use to describe my experience with the whole outpouring is transformative. Um, I was in chapel that day. Um, I remember that morning very clearly. Um, it was kind of cold outside and I was walking with my friend Dakota and we have this uh, history of like just sharing what we're grateful for as we walk to chapel every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It was just a nice tradition. And so we were sharing about that and we were talking about how we were excited to hear Zach Creeb speak because he had spoken previously at Asbury before and also at our retreat that we had had um, the, fa- the past fall. And so, like, I remember, like, overall feeling okay, like, as a senior at Asbury, um, you know, it was the spring semester, and that was the time of year, like, things were starting to pick up. And as a senior, I had, like, a lot of decisions that were kind of needing to be made about, like, what I would do post-graduation. Um, but there was, like, just for me personally, just a lot of, like, wrestling i guess with the lord about like my future and like my friendships that were going on and it was very an intense time but that day in particular i was i was there (laughs) um like but like trying like trying really hard to just be present where my feet were um Mm -hmm. while my mind kind of just was tempted to go elsewhere and it was a very short message and i grew up in the church And so I had heard messages like Zach's before, and he'll tell you himself that he didn't really think it was like that great. I think he texted his wife that he was like latest stinker or something like that. (laughs) Um, But like, it was a part of this like love and action series. Um, It was out of Romans 12 about like how you need to receive God's love before you're able to truly like share it with other people. And um, it ended actually kind of early and the gospel choir was doing worship. And so when we got like an official dismissal, I had a class at 11. So I, I left like, (laughs) like a lot of us. Um, But then I didn't really make it that far because my class was in the basement. So I went downstairs um, and I put my backpack down in my classroom and told my professor, don't worry, I'm just going to use the restroom. I'll be right back for class. Like, and I told her good morning. And then I left and then I went to the bathroom, the one that's like right under the chapel, And I remember (laughs) standing there and if anyone saw me in that moment, they probably thought I looked crazy because I could still hear the gospel choir leading worship upstairs. And I was just really confused because I was like, sometimes, you know, chapel, like people might linger a little bit. But at this point, I was like, okay, everyone should be gone by now. Like, why are they still singing? And I looked like a crazy person because I was kind of like going back and forth of like wanting to see what was going on. But then also knowing the smart side of me is like, you have class you got to go to. And so I was like, kind of like balancing my weight between my feet, like going back and forth. And then God was very clear to just for me to go upstairs. And so like I listened to him and I'm really glad I did because um, when I peeked inside, there was about like 20 or so students and like one or two faculty members. And I felt led to find my resident director because um, she was in the front row and she was worshiping and praying. And um, it was a very sweet moment for her and I, um, for her to pray over me in that moment. And then I didn't leave after that for like the longest time. One of my friends who was also supposed to be in class <laughs> skipped it as well because she stayed <laughs> fine. And we found each other. And at first we were just talking about uh, the message itself. And then, but we didn't, we didn't want to leave. Like there was something that we just felt like, we felt like we would miss something important if we left. We were like something, like God wants to do something. So we're just going to sit here as long as it takes. And we had a really good conversation. And then there were just moments too, where we were like maybe lightly singing or we were just sitting there, like just soaking it in. And then like, obviously like as the story unfolds and like, it kind of just, of course, as you guys know, like it built from there, like the world kind of <laughs> came to our two stoplight town <laughs> across 16 days. Um, But for me, that's what it that's what it was like at the beginning. Very peaceful, very quiet. And it was a lot of just time to just soak in God's presence in a very special way Um, for me personally, just with everything I was dealing with at the time. Like I really I'm so grateful that I got that time with just like me and Jesus, even though there were like other people around me.
1: When did, um, when did you have a sense like, oh man, something, something significant is happening? Like, did, did students just start coming back as the afternoon went or, you know, how did, how did that unfold? How do you go from, you know, 20 people worshiping there together just in that peaceful moment to it, you know, building with so many uh, students coming and all of that?
2: I think what happened was, from what I can remember, people did start coming back. It wasn't like an all, like it wasn't like an everyone swarmed in kind of thing. It was just people would walk by and they would see chapel still going on. And so kind of like me, they were curious and came back in or like especially like after, I would say right around lunchtime, because that's when most people are like walking across campus, going to class, coming back from class, that kind of thing. Um, that was when a lot of students kind of came back. And then I remember texting a few of my friends that afternoon um, and telling them, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, but I think you guys should come back to Hughes. I was like, this is really sweet. It's a very sweet spirit here. And I remember some of my friends at the time, they like ran like across campus and like bursts in the classrooms and was like, you guys got to get back to Hughes. Like, this is really cool. We don't know what it is, but it's like so good. And then I remember sometime that afternoon, Dr. Kevin Brown, our uh, university's president, he sent an email out, um, not with like any labels of what was happening, just a recognition of like God's doing something in our students. Everyone is welcome to come participate in it. And for me, I think I really that was like a key thing. I was like, oh, this is interesting. In my four years, this has never happened. Um, But at the same time, it was still just that same day. I really got a sense that this was going to last a while. I think not. I didn't expect it to last 16 days. Like, I just need to be honest about that. (laughs) But like I knew it was special no matter how long it lasted that night. Um, When the faculty and like community members started coming in slowly, it was still just the Asbury community. So it was something very special. And since I was in charge of the school newspaper, I I didn't care how long it lasted. I was just like, someone needs to document this just because it's so special. And I'm going to be completely honest. I don't remember what I wrote in any of those articles across the 16 days because I really don't believe I wrote them. I might have physically typed them out, but that was completely the Holy Spirit like, taking over and saying what he wanted to say. Because um, normally, I'm someone who, like, will spend a lot of time, like, taking care of my my word choices and editing and everything. That was the quickest I've ever written anything in my <laughs> life. Because um, I was just, like, it was just whatever I was seeing and whatever God was doing um, in my life. And then, like, I was getting testimonies from uh, students I knew and students that I didn't know and then I just it was all compiled and then all of a sudden the next thing I know I'm hitting uh, publish and then I don't know how many people read them I know a lot of people did because our little school newspaper kind of blew up <laughs> but um, yeah. I would say it was definitely that day I that first day that I knew it was something special I still just didn't know at the time like what to name it as. Wow
1: that's that's a, that's amazing thinking back I mean, it's just it's such a beautiful story of uh, thinking what w- eventually happened where there's people like thousands and thousands of people lined up trying to get onto campus. And I mean, I know uh, I never was there myself. Maggie, you you uh, came down for a day, didn't you?
0: I did. Um, I did come down for a day, although it was interesting. Um, so I I know faculty, not so much of them. I know maybe one or two students in the environment, but mostly I know um, faculty at the seminary. And um Suzanne Nicholson teaches at the college. Yeah. And she's on staff at Firebrand. So um and I think I first heard about it from her. Really. She she typed something into the brand chat and just asked for prayer. And um I thought, oh, well, that's really wonderful. That's interesting. So I was, I remember seeing it online and I was praying about it and going, you know, we work in a renewal ministry. And so you're you're always interested to see something that resembles renewal or you're curious, like, okay, what's going on? When I prayed about it though, I heard very specifically from the Lord. Don't go unless you're going to take your kids. So I have um, a young adolescent son who's just 13. And then I had a 17 year old at the time, 16, 17, and, um, it was just really, it was exactly as you described, Lexi, it was so sweet. You know, we went and it was just, um, very peaceful, very sweet, really beautiful for, um, to see my sons touched and to feel the presence of the Lord there and to, to see how he was ministering to people across generations and, um, obviously very pat- among, um, the Asbury community. And it was, it was beautiful. It was lovely.
1: Lexi, what do you think? I mean, as you've, I'm sure you've just, you know, reflected on that experience and I mean, you lived it and then have, I'm sure had a lot of people ask you about it since then. And, um, what do you think was so appealing? What was it that caught people's attention? Um, and ended up you know, becoming so sort of recognized uh, amongst the Christian community. What is it? What is it the thing that really struck people? Do you think?
2: I think it was just the vulnerability of everyone. If I'm completely honest, like, because I feel like people who are my age, we haven't lived very long, but we've all been through a lot. And, you know, we have so many things and places and people telling us who to be and what to do with our lives and everything and I think there's this recognition that's starting to emerge especially post um outpouring that we don't want any of the fake stuff we've tried that stuff it doesn't work it doesn't bring any kind of fulfillment but Jesus does and that's what it was it wasn't anything more complicated than that I think there was a lot of people And like you said, I was asked a lot about it, especially even when it was still happening about like what to make of it. And there were some people who had kind of like hidden agendas trying to be like, well, what like what did you guys do to start it? And I'm like, we didn't do
1: anything. (laughs) This was
2: just Jesus showing up out of because some students and classmates of mine decided to humble themselves and just ask him to come into their hearts, you know, like and for me personally, it was just like I had been battling a lot of like insecurities about my future and i was just like i can't figure this out anymore i've like exhausted myself and my brain's just gone on full spin for so long i was like you are the one who has the answer so you are the person that i'm going to cling to and i think that surprised a lot of people that it wasn't like a manufactured thing like a lot of people i still think think that it was manufactured but there's no way we could have manufactured it. Uh, Dr. Sarah Baldwin, she's like the Dean of Students. And I remember talking to her and she would just share about how, like, if this had been a planned thing, like if, if like God had approached like some Asbury staff and was like, if I give you this amount of time, would you say yes to, to host this kind of event? And she very honestly was like, no, <laughs> so, this was like, this year is also so special because it was the, um, the 100 year anniversary of the seminary and the university. And I know that event took a very, very long time to plan. So there's no way anyone could have manufactured or produced what happened because it was only God can and God did. And, um, you know, I consider myself very blessed to have experienced it from the beginning to see what it is and to still be living in Wilmore and like, uh, continue to talk about it with everyone. Um, Just because I feel like, when god moves in that powerful way obviously the enemy doesn't like it and so like there's all these false narratives that people want to try to spin but like i like being in a position as a graduated student and just like as a follower of jesus to be able to have a voice because like i know what happened and i can share the truth about it um yeah it, i think it was just the real honesty like we hadn't seen like you mentioned like someone mentioned like the generations like coming together that was big like seeing adults and children and everyone in between on their face on the ground, just crying out to God and just worshiping together in the world that we live in. we don't see that very often. And so that's how like I think that's what got the world's attention was like, oh, there doesn't seem to be any division here the enemy tried to divide what was going on but he couldn't because you know god wins but (laughs) (laughs) but i think that i think that's what appealed to people was just the raw honesty and humility that people were having because there was this recognition it wasn't about us it wasn't about asbury it wasn't about wilmore it was just about jesus and that was the only name we wanted to proclaim the entire time Amen.
1: amen amen Emma, I, I I wonder just what your reflection is at this point. I mean, it's interesting. I would guess you all are close to the same age within a year or two. How old are you, Lexi? Twenty two. I'm you're, twenty. So and we're, she's twenty. Yeah, pretty close. So similar because and some of the things that Lexi has shared about um what she senses the hunger is. In her generation, and all of these kind of things, so similar to the things that I hear you saying, Emma. So, what's your reflection as you're hearing Lexi talk and describe that experience?
0: Yeah, it's so beautiful to hear you speak about this. I mean, I just feel like I have such a kindred longing and desire, like as you. I'm listening to, and I'm like, oh my gosh, those words have literally come out of my mouth before, <laughs> and so it's just so good to you know hear other people our age talk about Jesus and have the same desire and hunger and so I just have so much respect and honor for you like in the way that you have been a part of this movement you know that the Lord is doing in the earth and in in Asbury and so it's it's really beautiful it's
1: really beautiful Lexi what what has been the what has been the lasting sort of impact both in your own life and and just as you've witnessed it among other people? Uh, because there's certainly the Lord shows up like that and people encounter his presence that you you said you led by saying it was transformational. So what is some of that transformation that you've seen in yourself or in other people?
2: I think for me, the biggest thing is there's this like boldness that he's given me that I think was always there. I just refused to acknowledge it (laughs) Um, because like I, before the outpouring, I did not like doing interviews. I did not like being in front of the camera, giving speeches. Any of those things was not, I just didn't like doing it. (laughs) I liked being behind the scenes. That's why I was a writer, you know? (laughs) And, um, but then there was like a few people in my life who always thought that I could do more than that. and like one of them was actually one of my journalism professors who's basically like family now because of how he's like walked beside me and like encouraged me. And during the outpouring, I said, I used the word transformative because suddenly, like, people were reading my articles, and like, they knew who I was, like, I, there was one strange time I was at the seminary, actually, during the outpouring, and someone recognized me from an interview I'd done on CBN, and that was weird, because I was just like, I have no idea who you are, but now you know me, and I don't know how I feel about this, Um, mostly because, like, I didn't write the articles to get my name out there, you know, like, God just used that opportunity, and, like, he's allowing me to be his mouthpiece in certain ways, and I'm feel extremely blessed by that. And, um, I mentioned boldness. There was just a few interactions throughout the outpouring that I'm never going to forget because they were completely different strangers, various ages at random times coming up to me, um, and talking about, I remember there was this one moment I was in the balcony of Hughes with a friend and we were just Enjoy, like taking it in, you know, like enjoying it, and we had prayed with this woman and her friend about missionaries because there was different prayer prompts at different times throughout those days. And um, right before she left, she came back over to me and just lightly touched my shoulder, and she like looked me straight in the eye and was like, "Keep standing up and being bold and standing up for people who cannot stand up for themselves." And I was very intrigued by that because then the day before a girl had a high school senior stopped me. I was like taking pictures and just like stopping occasionally to pray with friends and do that kind of thing. And she also touched the same shoulder and was just like, I saw you and you're doing these things. And I hope, you know, like God's telling me to tell you that he sees you too. He sees the boldness in you. So keep doing what you're doing. And that just kept happening. Those are like two examples, but that kind of stuff just kept happening. And then, um, I had a wonderful opportunity this summer to intern at a church um, and I got to preach. And I was very lucky. Cause like, I know not everyone um, allows women to preach and also just young people, you know, <laughs> to do it. And so I, I was like, very blessed with that opportunity. And I was speaking about intergenerational unity. And at the end there was an Asbury alum there, which was crazy because this was a little town in Indiana. <laughs> um, but then like her and then a few other people, it was just that word boldness, like over and over again. And I was just like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> um, but I'm, I want to figure it out. Um, and so like even now, like, you know, it's been eight or so months. Um, And I'm starting to see it like I've seen such growth in myself as I've processed like different things that I've been through and not being af- as afraid to take a hold of opportunities and really like depend on God in a way that I have never depended on him before. Like he is like my relationship with God is like my first priority. And I'm hope, I hope that people see that when they meet me and become friends with me and everything. um Because like literally like all I want to do is just tell people about him and like honor him and live my life as a reflection of who he is and what he's done in my life, because it has been so transformative. And I want people to see, like, you might think that you're too far gone, but you're not. And like, even Um, last week there was, we had a dinner with some, um, is at the university for some people who've like gone around, we call them witness teams, just sharing and testifying about like what God's been doing. And it was just a time for all of us to get together, because not all of us like knew each other super well, but some of us did. So it was time to catch up and then just reflect on like what God's been doing since the outpouring, because we all know that God's still moving and he's still doing incredible things. Um, it's not that like when the university sent out everyone that like God was like, oh, I'm done. No, he doesn't work like that. He just <laughs> keeps going and he keeps yeah. teaching us so much through them. Like every church we talk to, every person we get interviewed by, like, it's just an opportunity. And some of the things that emerged. Like, I think as a campus and a community was just, there's a willingness to stay. And by that, I mean, like, Asbury just is, uh, when you're here, there's this temptation to fill your schedule and just go from one thing to the next. And I fell prey to that during my junior year and suffered extreme burnout because of it. Um, And so, like, post-outpouring, it's like, we were okay with, like, actually not uh, like we were more okay with creating space in our lives for Mm -hmm. God to intervene and not trying to just squeeze him in at the very end of our day, you know? Um, because I think there's like more of a recognition of like, God wants to do something and we're not going to rush what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the same time, I also saw a lot of like intergenerational healing, um, especially between or just like campus healing, just healing in general. Because like, I remember, like I was a freshman um, in my second semester at Asbury when COVID hit. And if anyone remembers 2020, that was a very divisive year in America. And Asbury did not escape that, you know, we're not perfect. So there was a lot of division among students and like we were physically separated because of guidelines and all of those things. And then with the outpouring, I saw people who I knew didn't get along embracing each other, uh apologizing to each other worshiping with each other and that went across like student to student faculty to student and vice versa like it was just everyone like came together because we recognized that there was something bigger than ourselves and that like this bitterness and these pains that we were holding on to like we needed to just lay them at the feet of Jesus and it was really cool because like now I feel like even though yeah I am graduated now and um and I'm continuing like my school but like those connections that I made with Some of the faculty and staff, like God used it in that time for a reason, because they did a wonderful job, a phenomenal job of protecting me and the rest of the student body as best as they could. um, When 50,000 people came to our small campus and like continue to do that even now. And like because it's just they had always cared. But there was something about the outpouring that like I think a lot of us as students were finally able to see that care and then they saw the care that we had for them and so just a lot of a lot of healing um in relationships that like even some of my friends and like i had moments with friends that um needed to be like situations that needed to be addressed and god met us when we needed to be met and um i'll be forever grateful for that too so (laughs) that was a lot i'm sorry
1: (laughs) no that's awesome thank you for sharing all that yeah that's that's amazing
2: I, I'm really
0: encouraged and I would love to just hear more about the intergenerational aspect of what you're describing. That was something that, that on my end, uh, and I think on the end of people who are processing a lot on the outside, there were, there was a lot of talk about that and, and um, you know, I remember doing an interview with someone else who who works in ministry and has a lot of experience with various renewal in other parts of the world. And um, we were sort of just off the record talking about all of the different types of responses. And some of them are great, encouraging, and some of them, you know, were hard to hear. And, um, you know, anyway, I, I have reflected on that a lot about how people who are older, um my age and I'm 45, so I'm I'm like really old. Um <laughs> people who are, you know, my age and older sort of like um, you know, feel like they've been in the trenches and then this beautiful outpouring happens. And it was not, you know, a few times I heard this narrative of like, okay, that seemed to say, but what about me? You know, what about this? And um, and a very much kind of older brother. From prodigal son you know anyway but i when i went there with my sons i was very like it was clear to me right away while the lord was like take your kids because it was like this is like it's for everybody you know like i god cares about you know reconciling everyone so i'm anyway but i would just love to hear you talk more about that that intergenerational um healing and reconciliation.
2: I got so excited when you were talking because I was just like, yes, like <laughs>
1: because,
2: <laughs> because um I have, there's just so many stories, but like there was, I think you're right, there was this theme that emerged. I was talking about this with some friends last week about how like we're still talking about <laughs> in our daily like, conversations. But there's this theme that emerged of like people who are a little bit older who didn't go to Wilmore. And they like, we had people like, I've had multiple people tell me that they thought they missed out. They're like, I missed it. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Like, you can't miss something that's meant for you. Like, just because you weren't in the physical space does not mean that God cannot meet you exactly where you are in your living room, in the dentist's office, like wherever He, you know, like He's everywhere and He's so willing to. And also, like, just because you hit a certain age doesn't mean that he's all of a sudden like done with you. I mean, think about like how Abraham was when he had him and Sarah had Isaac, you know, like God does not discriminate. He's not ageist. <laughs> and like, there's, um, there's so many stories I can share two that come to mind. One was, um, I was taking an adult ministry class last spring when the outpouring happened and it was actually taking place in the basement of fuse. So like, uh, a lot of people believed that all of our classes stopped they did not <laughs> and so like we had to do class and we could hear like <laughs> thing of like the music and everything and it was it really hard to concentrate but like what our professor did is he got he put us all on a circle and he's like I recognize that what is happening is a lot to process he's like so we're gonna walk through this together so that's one small example of like someone older like caring so much about people our age because he's like this is a lot he actually went through like a military like PTSD technique with us to process things and part of it was to share like a snapshot of like what this experience has been and I forget one of my friends he was saying for him this is like an image that he'll never forget because he was worshiping and he was like near the front and he turned his head to the right and there was this um young child uh probably like 6 or 7 and like they were just worshiping jumping up and down you know just overwhelmed with joy and um, of the lord and just singing and worshiping and then he turned his head to the left and there's a couple in their like 60s or 70s all of them were doing the exact same thing like they were all worshiping the lord lifted hands like unashamedly proclaiming that they believed in Jesus and that he could heal them and everything and so that I think is the perfect like snapshot of what it was like. Um, and then like I remember I had an opportunity literally like right after graduation to go on a mission trip to Northern Ireland with some of my um fellow Asbarians. And I remember we were sitting in the living room of this woman. And like we were sharing stories about the outpouring. That's not why we went. Um, That wasn't like our main focus was not to share about the outpouring, but um, they had heard about it all the way over there and had questions. And I remember this woman, she was the sweetest lady. And she was just sharing with us about like how proud she was of us for fulfilling the great commission of like going out into the nations and making disciples and everything. But then there was like some of her wording made it seem like she thought that she wasn't fulfilling the great commission because the way she was living it out didn't match exactly what happened. Uh, Like the way we were living had this like certain image, you know? And so she thought that she wasn't um making any kind of difference. And this, this is a woman who has this very intentional small group for um women who are a little bit younger than her. So she's being like a spiritual mother to these ladies and have completely like brought them deeper into the relationship with Christ. And it was heartbreaking because she thought she wasn't obeying god because it didn't look like what was happening in wilmore and it was really sweet because we got to be like you are doing exactly what god wants you to do and he's put you here in this country in this town in this house because it was her small group that we were talking to for a reason and i'll never forget that interaction with her because it was just so special but then there was this natural like emergence of like spiritual parenting that like, I've never heard that phrase um before, like maybe two years ago or something in a class. And, but it's so true. It's like recognizing that God's not done with you just because you hit a certain age, and sometimes it means, it just means like what you're doing might look a little different. It might mean stepping aside and letting someone younger come, but also being there for them as they figure this out and just being a parent, you know, I don't know what that's like, but like, I've been blessed with so many older people speaking truth into me and I would not be who I am without them. Like we need that kind of connection. I When I think of the outpouring and like all those kinds of different intergenerat- intergenerational relationships, I think of a cross. <laughs> mostly because like, um, Jesus is at the center. And then as a person, you need someone pouring into you, someone who's a little bit older than you giving you guidance and who's been, who's just lived life a little bit longer than you have to like help you through certain situations. And then you, at your sides, you need friends, you know, and mutual encouragers who are like probably around the same age that like can encourage you. And you guys are going through things together. Um, but then at the same time, at the bottom, like you need to be pouring into someone else that's younger than you and being a mentor to yourself. So the, there's always that need for all of us to just be engaged with each other. I mean, like. God himself like is a community like as the holy trinity and everything and that's what we were made for. You know, we weren't made to be alone. And so I love talking about intergenerational unity because it's just something that we don't see I think as much in the secular world but then like that just seems to be a very um relevant topic that's emerging that God really wants us to pay attention to. Like we can't do this life alone. We we need each other.
1: Amen. You know one of the things I see that the Lord doing in in the church I was like we went through a phase in the church where we kind of I feel like we split everyone out by age brackets and generations and it's like youth go over here young adults you go over here you know seniors would meet this time you know and I and I just sensed that he's kind of breaking down those silos that we've built um because the reality is we actually all need the same thing right we all need uh to learn to live centered in presence and uh, and we need each other and we are missing out on something in the body when we split the generations apart, even if it's well-intentioned, like we're, we're really not allowing the beauty of what God has designed the body to do to happen when we, when we keep each other apart. And so, Mm -hmm. and that's just, uh, it's beautiful to hear that. Uh, Lexi, we got, I know we have to, to wrap up here in a moment, but I wondered, as you've been through this experience, what belongings has it stirred within you for the church going forward? You know, as you think about kind of where the church is at in the U.S. and um, and beyond, but especially in our context, how has this experience shaped what you're longing to see God do in the church?
2: such a good question <laughs> hmm. I think the thing that comes to mind is I was actually listening to a song today um that like the bridge is talking about um God break down the walls of all like tradition and religion and I think that's that's immediately what came to mind um just because like, he is not limited, like, like he's bigger than that. And he's like, I feel like sometimes like within tradition and religion, like they each have their like place and like tradition is like, especially helpful in terms of like knowing past mistakes and like, um, like, you know, doing the Eucharist and all of those things. But um, like, it's not about that at the end of the day, it's just about encountering Jesus and having a relationship with him. Um, And I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in the spiritual disciplines that we forget sometimes just to invite him into our lives and just be with him. And so when I think of the church, I would love to see it become that relationally focused. I'm not sure specifically of what that would look like, but just based on my experience of like, just creating space, not trying to just squeeze God in. Because the reason we gather in church should be just to honor him anyways. So like, it's and, and actually keeping him as the number one priority. um, Cause there's just some things I think as humans that we think are super important, but at the end of the day, like the only thing that important is, is Jesus. And whether we're like actually obeying him or not and creating space to those places that we don't really want people to see, but that we, like we need to be seen, you know, like as human beings, all we want is to be known and loved. And the only way we get that true fulfillment is Jesus. And so like when we keep our focus on him he's the one that can heal all those broken relationships whether that's a broken relationship with the church whether it's broken relationship with each other like it doesn't matter like he has he's the only one that has the power to fix any of it um and not even like half fix it like make it completely whole again um and so that that's like what I would like to see is just like continue everyone to just take this posture of humility um because yes we are created in the image of God yes we are special because he loves us so much but we are not better than he is and we cannot put ourselves on a pedestal above him because yeah Jesus is just more important than that so I would like to see Jesus just stay the focus does that answer your question I don't yeah.
1: know. <laughs> oh that's good I love that
2: that's a good answer yeah <laughs>
1: I think you know that uh that song, I actually love that song that you're quoting. The bridge, I think it's called "Make Room." Make room, yeah. And uh, and really, you know, I think <clears throat> I think that's what happened at the outpouring. You know, uh, I will make room for you to do whatever you want to do. I think that's the way the lyric goes. And uh, I, I, I see. I'm so encouraged because I see more and more people just like you, Lexi, who are who are saying that same kind of thing we've got to stop just playing games and spinning our wheels, doing all of our nice church stuff that we think is so important and actually just make room for God to do what he wants to do. Like, let's let him be the center of, you know, rather than all of our plans and schemes. And, um, you know, and I think when humble hearts come together and make room, beautiful things happen. And, and sometimes, the whole world takes notice like they did uh, right. in Wilmore, Kentucky. And so, Lexi, thank you so much for your willingness to just to share your heart. And I just want to encourage you. Uh, God has put a holy boldness in you. And I am so encouraged by the that he has given you to speak truth to his church and to testify to his goodness and so um just be encouraged because I know you've you blessed my life just like hearing you share your story and 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 witness today. And I know you're doing that for a lot of people. And um so thank you, thank you for that. And uh keep pressing on because he's gonna keep using you in powerful ways.
2: Thank you so much. That is very, very sweet. <laughs> you made me tear up, like, honestly. <laughs> thank you very much.
1: Well, this has, been, uh, this has been so much fun. Uh, thank you for being uh, part of the Spirit of Truth podcast. And uh, friends, if uh, if you're listening today, share this episode with someone else who needs to be encouraged. We need more people to hear the, the things that Lexi is uh, saying and to hear the heart cry of this younger generation, which is really something that the whole church needs across generations. And so share this episode with a friend and... Um, and we'll come back to you real soon.